0: Welcome to the Lindsay Hadley Podcast Show. I'm coming to you from the North Shore of Oahu, where weekly I interview some of the world's most inspiring people from business, philanthropy, and entertainment. I love collecting humans, and these are some of my favorites I've found along the way. This podcast is brought to us by Capita Financial Network.
1: Do you need help with the next steps of your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial
0: network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, state attorneys, Medicare
1: providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call or schedule a complimentary consultation at 801 566 5058 or visit their website at CapitalFinancialNetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube.
0: Hi, Alexis. Thanks so much for joining us today on our show. I'm so thrilled to have Alexis Sofianos from ASUSU here today. It's fun. You're my first female um, interview on my podcast that we just started, The Lindsay Halley Show, presented by Capita Financial Network. So we're so thrilled to hear, uh, hear from you today and get to know you, Alexis. And um, just really, really excited to hear about your business um, with the residential and uh, real estate market and everything that you guys are doing. So, um, Alexis, why don't you share with us a little bit about you, your background? I'm so thrilled to meet a female leader inside of a a fast-growing, fast-paced company and um, to understand a little bit about you. Where are you from? Tell us a little bit about your background and story.
1: Thanks so much. Sure. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Really, really grateful to be here today. So. I am currently the um, the head of revenue and business development at Asusu Financial, which is a property technology platform that's supporting the multifamily industry and its renters. Um but before that, you know, a year ago or, or a year and a half ago, if you would have told me that I would be at a fast-paced startup, I would have I would have thought you were crazy and said, no way. Um I come from a very Um, traditional real estate background. So the bulk of my career has been with Freddie Mac Multifamily, where I was on the lending side of the commercial real estate space. Um, My role there was really focused on the production and sales side of things, being responsible for sourcing, structuring, and pricing multifamily loans for many of the owners and operators of multifamily housing that Asusu works with today. Um, Before that, I was was a CPA. I was in the audit (laughs) practice at Deloitte is very much a a past life. I joke that I'm a recovering CPA. um, But I I graduated from the University of Wisconsin um, and Wisconsin raised and haven't haven't gone far. I'm I'm now located in the Chicagoland area. Um, So that's a little bit about my background and excited to tell you more about Assisi here today.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. So you've been in some pretty male dominated industries between like Deloitte and as a finance CPA, those are Mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of women there. Is that right?
1: Yeah, in finance in general, um, in in multifamily in general as well, um, it is still a a male um, and predominantly a lack of diversity, whether it be through through gender or or race or ethnicity. And so Mm. um, interestingly, my most recent role at Freddie Mac Multifamily was launching their equitable housing division. And so it was focused on three things, rental affordability, increasing borrower diversity, Um, as well as renter advancement. And so in the renter advancement lens of how can we better the lives of America's renters, that's where ASUSU came into the picture, launched a formal program with them, and the rest is history. Now I'm here today. So really grateful to um, have had throughout my journey, both male and female um, mentors who have have coached me along the way. And um, it's it's also great to see a lot more representation, not just within ASUSU, since we're minority owned and backed, but Um, across the industry as well. That's so exciting. So
0: tell us a little bit about Asusu and your services. I mean, you mentioned that they're making it more affordable housing, more accessible, which is wonderful, especially in the market right now. my goodness. It's been a crazy market the last few years. I bet it's been amazing to be, how long have you been with Asusu and how long has it been, um, you know, incorporated and what's kind of the journey of your guest's
1: company so far? Yes, that's a great question. So, um, you know, before I go into to what Asusu is, I always start with the why. Um, we were founded by um, two co-founders, Samir Goyal, um, whose family immigrated from New Delhi, India, and Wamimo Abe, whose family um, immigrated from Lagos, Nigeria. Both just saw how difficult it was um, to establish credit um, and to to really pursue the, the American dream, if you will, um, with little to no financial resources or financial identity. And so AssuSu was founded on the core ethos that no matter where you come from, the color of your skin, or your financial identity, it shouldn't, um, it, it shouldn't determine where you end up in life. And so, double-clicking outside of AssuSu, though, there are 45 million Americans who are still currently credit invisible, and that number skews heavily towards minorities, renters, and immigrants. So, dialing in on the renters piece, hundreds of millions of Americans are rent burdened, meaning they spend the bulk of their monthly income on rent. And 60% of renters today are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, And so renters just are being disproportionately impacted. Um, Today, less than 10% of renters receive credit for their on-time rental payments, um, whereas homeowners have their monthly housing payments via mortgages reported to their credit bureaus every single month. And so founded on both those... um, so shared experiences by our two co-founders, as well as this systemic problem impacting a large swath of America being renters, um, they founded Asusu to really flip that script. And so um, more practically speaking, Asusu really cut its teeth in the rent reporting space. Yeah. Today, we offer um, three core um, offerings. Um, we partner with multifamily owners, operators, investors and property managers to offer three things. So when life is going well, that's where our rent reporting comes into play. So cool. when a renter pays their rent on time and in full, we record, we report those on-time rental payments to the credit bureaus so that we can give renters credit where credit is due in making their monthly housing payments every month. Nice. That's when life is going well. But as we've seen, you know, to your point about it being a tough market and, and, and tough macroeconomic forces, when life is not going well, our second um, offering is a rent relief um, uh, or, or, or a rental backstop offering. And so when a renter experiences short-term financial shock, that renter who's living in an asusu community is able to apply for one to three months rent at 0% interest That wire, is wired directly to property management. So it's eviction prevention. It is how it is um, promoting housing stability, and it proves to be accretive a from the value perspective to that housing provider. And then the last piece is, with the growing presence of ESG and social impact, we're able to capture and quantify a lot of the great work that we're doing on the rent reporting and the rent relief side for investor or um, other purposes of reporting. So being able to say, here's how mm. many renters that you've helped improve, create credit scores, improve their credit scores by x points or move x tiers or buckets and wow. prevent x number of and things like that so being oh, able wow. to capture and quantify that social impact is something that's very much needed in the multifamily space today
0: yeah so you with the multifamily um real estate market right now i understand that that th- are you know tell me a little bit about what happened during covid because we saw a like you know credit 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 became easier for a time and everything, there's a boom in the market. I know every, you know, real estate was blowing up people. And then we've seen this massive correction. Are you seeing the same? I'm guessing it's not the same for um, residential uh, real estate as it is, but where I should say multifamily residential real estate, it's a little bit maybe more secure or is that generally the case? I've, I've heard that not from the real estate market but i understand it's like a little bit more secure than than just regular residential.
1: Yeah, so how the past few years have been impacting multifamily um has been you know during during that boom that you are noting, you know, historically low interest rates, um, mm-hmm. a lot of capital both um you know, domestically and internationally flowing into the multifamily investment space here in the US. Um, you know, rent levels were going like this but we've seen wage levels remain stagnant. And so the affordability crisis in terms of the number of renters who can afford their rent has become much more acute. Um, All the while throughout COVID, you know, we had, we've seen in in various sectors and markets, we've seen a lot of job loss. We continue to see with, you know, the rising interest rate environment and everything else that's happening um, downward pressure on Budgets not only at the the entity or the corporate level, but also at the property level, and so there's just been a lot of interesting um, levers being pulled. Where if Sisu comes into all of that is from the renter perspective, with rents skyrocketing, wages staying stagnant, or or having that, um, or you know having higher job losses in recent months and things like that. We are able to provide that sense of um, financial resiliency for renters, either by establishing or improving credit scores so that renters can achieve lower interest rates or savings outside of their, their costly rents. Um, But also having that backstop for our rent relief. So if a renter does experience financial shock or um, has a rent increase that they need to get back on their feet to, to, um, to cover our rent relief, then comes into play to help them out. And then it's a win-win because on the, the owner operator side, as, you know, as property, um, as property performance is becoming a little bit more volatile, given these macro forces of, again, higher yeah. interest rates, mm-hmm. downward pressures on on budgets and so on and so right. forth, having, um, having our platform be not only a, a property differentiator, so you have a stickier renter that, that reduces your, your turnover and turnover expenses, but more notably, our rent relief truly does provide cash flow stability and so it's a direct wow. reduction to property level bad debt expense yes um, and it keeps cash flows healthy during a time when both renters and owner operators or property management needs it
0: yeah that's interesting so you come in you do this this rental relief and the onus of is it sort of like an additional credit that then the um the renter has to then pay back over time and with a, a with the mark of an interest rate and how long is the life cycle of that loan? I mean, what if somebody's in trouble for a long time? How long do you, what's the runway and kind of the, the product offering?
1: Yes, that's a great question. So if a renter is experiencing financial shock, either they're, they're, they're in it and they, they've missed a month, a month's rent or they experience some sort of financial shock and are experiencing um, or projecting potentially the inability to pay rent, that renter in the in, in the AsUSU ecosystem applies directly to Asusu for this rent relief. Our strike zone is zero to three months delinquent because we want to be in the in the business of preventing eviction as opposed to delaying eviction. And so what we've seen statistically and, and from a data-driven perspective is zero to three months delinquent is truly that sweet spot to get that renter back on track. So that they they continue to to pay their rent um, and and get back on track with their property manager. And so the the great news about that is that we see the majority of all residents who receive rent relief. The majority of those residents are truly getting back on their feet, continuing to pay rent, and continue on with their lease. But the the mechanics of it are once approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so once yeah. approved, it's one to three months rent at zero percent interest, and we work with that renter um, directly on that repayment plan. And so while those funds are wired directly to property management, we have that separate agreement with that resident to um, to work on a payment plan for us that that works with them and their financial need. That is so cool, Alexis. So I can see that because that was my first thought: It's like,
0: oh, a lot of times. I mean but you would know the data like you know people often people will just it just delays inevitable eviction and then there's just more debt piled up or whatever um that's that's really cool that you guys know that research and you guys have seen that so i mean in your experience do you guys market i mean this is such an interesting industry that i don't know too much about but um when you guys market do you market directly to the renters or do you, do you market to those who are the property owners to then offer the relief, say, okay, you have a problem, You know, here's a solution, or what's kind of your target marketing strategy? Yes,
1: yeah, so we are very much B2B. So we engage with the owners and operators of multifamily, um, the in, investors, um, you know, equity syndicators, property management groups to provide our holistic platform to their properties and then thereby their renters. So we're in a way a to c um, organization. When we do start working with a partner, um, a B2B partner, we um, we work with them to make sure that their residents are aware of what ASSU does and the great value that it has to them. We um, work on site with property management to post flyers, to have um, you know information sessions, QR codes, so that if people are experiencing financial shock, they can quickly um, you know know and apply and and just have that knowledge that our rent relief is there to help when they need it. When it comes to us being kind of you know we we like to say that we're we're very much the S in ESG so environmental social and governance principles. We're very much the S in ESG, but when you take a step back and you look at other ESG solutions, they're very um, they're very in depth. They're hands-on. They require capital expenditures. We very much operate in the background until we're needed. So we attach on property management software. We provide you know we take all the lift off of property managers and the boots on the ground. And we're there when renters need us. And so we're reporting their rents um, in, in in the background while they're paying their rent on time and in full. And when they need that rent relief, then they come to us.
0: That's really, that's really cool and really helpful. And tell me a little bit about, so you came into this world, what stage of the company, like, where did you join? Mm-hmm. And like you said, you didn't imagine you being a startup actually coming from a big institution like De- Deloitte.
1: Yes, and so um, when so when I was at Freddie Mac, and oh, I was right. Freddie Mac as well, <laughs> Freddie Mac, and was partnered um, with the ASUSU team to figure out how we could collaborate on this concept of renter advancement. At the time, I, I don't want to joke and say it was you know Samir and Omimo, two guys in their garage, but it was a, a team of probably twenty at the time, um, yeah. and that was summer of twenty twenty one. So, still in the depths of COVID wow. and, um, and whatnot, they were at 20. Fast forward to to January of 2022, Asusu raised a very um, a, a very successful Series B funding round of 130 million dollars. Wow! Um, really putting us That's so impressive on the putting us on the radar, but also elevating Asusu to be you know unicorn status with a billion dollar valuation. Yes. And so. Yeah. What? How many years was
0: that? That was with 20 employees?
1: That yes. was with 20 so, employees. They were. That's incredible. What a feat. And so then fast forward to today, we have almost 200 team members. We've experienced 600% year-over-year growth, wow. many of, most of which would not be possible without that Series B, um, you know, raising and, and just the great rapid success that we've been having in the market because people are are truly valuing our services as that win-win it's good for renters and it's good for their bottom line. Our, our founders refer to that as justice capitalism, right? You can do good while doing well at the same time.
0: Yeah. Plus it's minority owned business, which is so fun to hear of a winning experience like that. So when was Asusu actually founded if you joined in 2021?
1: So I I actually, so I was still at Freddie when we, when you raised your series B. So I joined, um in early may of last year so i'm almost on my one year mark um Yay, congrats. which in um in startup life i've heard you can refer to it in dog years so what is that <laughs> seven <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs>
0: it's so true though having having been a part of a lot of startups there's nothing like this yes. first years like that there's nothing like it so that's so exciting yeah. alexis so
1: but um amir and women launched the launched the organization back in 2018 where we were very much still very focused on on rent reporting and then in 2020 um through their work with a lot of um you know large endowments and foundations that's when they they launched um you know almost Um, Serendipitously, you know, heading into the COVID crisis, that's when they launched their rent relief, um, the rent relief side of the business um, in conjunction with the separate 501c3. Because what was happening was so many of these, you know, high net worth individuals or foundations were really focused on solving homelessness, but they were doing it backwards when renters or folks were already experiencing homelessness. The goal of our rent relief is to prevent eviction and homelessness and so get ahead of it. And so, that that's our ethos and really what drives us to what we do.
0: That's incredible. And and what exactly is your role there as as Alexis? What's your what's yes, your current role? I
1: am um, so I run um, business development and and revenue. And so um, you know my role here is to help Asusa reach as many multifamily owners, operators, and investors, and thereby those communities and renters to amplify our mission, vision, and impact. Um, I do this by overseeing a team of over 35 revenue um, professionals across three teams to drive sales and to drive those meaningful and impactful partnerships. Um, you know, we live and work and, and, and operate across the country. Um, we are very much a, a remote workforce, but what's great is that Asusu's reach is also across all 50 states. And so we're able to work with. All multifamily groups of a variety of different shapes and sizes, and so um, it, it keeps the job interesting in that there's there's always someone new to to be you know sharing and, and amplifying you know Asusu's mission and vision with.
0: So this is getting pretty granular, but I'm so fascinated. I mean, what a pain point you guys are solving, right? Like, and I'm wondering like, so you as you said, you're B2B then B2C, but as you are out trying to find these multifamily operators and investors and groups. What's your biggest strategy? Do you go to go to a big private equity fund that's investing in these, so it's a one stop shop for you. Like, and then, and that's my first question. My second question is, you know, is your mechanism and model with those customers or clients? I guess, or is it um, like a membership dynamic, or is it just performance based? Like, you come in and provide that access through to them. They do they pay you for the privilege,
1: or is all of the onus of the expense on the actual renter? That's a great question. So a two-prong question. So our go-to-market strategy and, and, and how we target those B2B customers of ours um, is really focusing first and foremost on, a, like you said, those those large institutional top you know, national multifamily housing councils, you know, top 100 or top 50. We work with the bulk of those, but that's not to say that we only work with large groups. Large groups, big and small, but we also span verticals. So while well, we very much cut our teeth in the traditional multifamily space, meaning you know, everything from public housing to class A luxury, we also span various verticals. So we're getting into student housing, single family rentals, manufactured housing. And so there's no shortage of white space in terms of the owners, operators, or like you mentioned, private equity investors or more socially, more socially impacted um, mm. focused investors who are the investor side of, of multifamily. Yeah. We also have partnerships with lenders and both government agencies to really amplify our footprint, our impact, and who we are able to, to target and market to. So with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they subsidize our cost of services to their um, borrowers um, who engage with us. So those are the ultimate owners and operators of multifamily housing. And so they they have deep subsidies along with other um, strategic lender partners of ours who have that one-to-many relationship, and so we are going. while well, we are going directly to the source with, um, with the owners and operators and investors of multifamily housing. We're also going to those amplifying relationships that have um, that one-to-many kind of touch point to get our word and message out. Cool.
0: And then the second, the second part is like, yeah, the mechanism how you charge like your, your fee structure, I guess, is it always on the rentee, I guess the, 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 the renter, the renter, I'm sorry, the renter who's actually going to be t- taking part of your services to relieve their rent that's due?
1: So this is one of my favorite questions to ask, because that is what sets Asusu apart. We are, um, we pride ourselves on not, um, not billing the renter for these services because wow. um, it's just not in the spirit of, of what we're collectively trying to accomplish. And so, wow. We charge um, the, the businesses that we engage with, we charge them a very small per unit per month fee um, to engage in our bundled services. So,
0: oh. you know, for
1: that small fee um, at the at the unit level, they have access um, across their portfolio or however many properties they decide to enroll with us access to all three of our core offerings. So rent reporting, rent relief and the social impact data.
0: That makes sense. That's why you need to have those other services. I was like, I wonder why you went to try to encourage feedback of you know people who have good who have good um, credit scores. I'm like, what would the value of that be? Then it's a nice thing to to give value back to the renter. But that makes sense now.
1: Your your renters are your your biggest asset. You might as well invest in them. Um, But when we say investment, you know we. We are not solely a cost center. Um, you know, while the social returns of our platform are very obvious of creating more financially resilient um, renters, um, the economic returns are very much there in that we improve property performance and improve you know, the bottom line of, of properties, portfolios, and funds. And so that's something that we're really proud of, of being able to demonstrate that value um, in, a, in a scalable way um, for, for groups, both both large and small.
0: That's so exciting. So that was their series A that they valued at, what was it again? A hundred and series B at okay, 130, series B. Million, 130 million. That's so exciting. So how many current, um, I guess customers, if your customers are the multifamily operators, how many customers do you guys have currently, how many are you working with? Cause then you, you extrapolate that to renters.
1: It's even more people you're impacting. Exactly. Exactly. So we have a reach of um, a little over a million renters across 3.5 million rental units in all 50 states. Um, We've helped establish credits, first-time credit scores for 50,000 individuals who were over who were previously credit invisible, and our average score increase for those who previously had credit scores typically hovers around 30 points on average across our portfolio, which is. Really fantastic and is meaningful. That moves buckets, right? From yeah, poor to you know, fair to good, good to excellent. But that also yields accretive savings in terms of lower interest rates and better financing vehicles that you have access to. So the amount of capital that we're um, you know ha- able to connect dots for um, for our renters um, is really what energizes us and, and you know brings us to work every day, if you will. And so it's it's also exciting to to demonstrate that impact to our folks in that we're not just establishing credit, building credit, or preventing evictions. We are also able to show through our impact reporting what renters are going out and doing with those better um, or, or established credit scores. So overwhelmingly, folks are leasing or purchasing or financing a vehicle. That's economic mobility to get you to a better job, to get your kids to a better school district. Being able to connect those additional dots and, and provide that so what of what we're doing um, is not only something that we take pride in, but it has been immensely valuable for the folks that we partner with. You articulate the value so well, Alexis. Asus is so lucky
0: to have you. You're such a great ambassador and you really understand like the mission and it's very clear that you guys have you're creating a full service value for everybody in the ecosystem involved, which is really powerful, right? That's when you know you have something that is scalable when like everybody's winning. So that's really incredible. So when you're out there, you know, hustling the payment to meet these multifamily operators, do you attend conferences? Is it LinkedIn? Like what's, what have you found? Because, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are business owners and I think understanding how different disparate verticals find and attract and close in development Efforts to grow their company and their revenue. Like it's just fun to hear what people are doing that might be innovative or just seeing what works in in your particular purview.
1: Yeah, especially for us when you look at the bulk of our growth and our rapid growth was during COVID when everything was very remote. Um, I, I always like to call that out because it's such an aha moment. Um, the the multifamily or the real estate market in general, um, is ripe for disruption, but it's very, very relationship driven. It is a very familial relationship oriented business. And so a lot of what we're doing is just that it's, it's, it's in-person time. So it's really great to be back out there. We do a lot of conferences. We do a lot of customer touch points and a lot of networking and whatnot to really get the word out by either, you know, Hosting or sponsoring events, going to industry trade shows and conferences—that has been historically where a lot of our success has come from. In order to, um, you know, to drive market share and really tackle that white space, and I'm excited to see how that continues continues to evolve, especially just given the macro environment. Hearing rumblings of, you know, if our if our target customers are scaling back on business travel or scaling back on expenses and not um, not, not going to as many conferences and so on and so forth. How do we then pivot our go-to-market strategy to cater to them? And so if COVID taught us anything, change is the, change is the only constant and you've got to continue to evolve. And we, we've shut, we continue to do that and it's energizing, but it, it definitely keeps you on your toes. That's so exciting. It probably, you know, it, it's amazing because has, it,
0: has anybody ever told you to look like Anne Hathaway? It's like, <laughs> you're so beautiful. And so beautiful. you have heard that. You're so yes. you're so beautiful and then your energy is so good and you're so articulate. And I think you've just, it's amazing, but really I'm realizing you're really in a sales position now. So you went from like finance, these mechanisms, but now you're communicating this value. Did you have a knack for that? Or was it something that you kind of like, wow, I had to step out and really, and discover this about myself, like on a personal level that like, oh, I, cause you know, <clears throat> a lot of people are uncomfortable with sales. And I- I've personally... spent a career, you know, fundraising and being in promoting and sales and development my whole career. And I just think it's just storytelling at the end of the day. It's just communicating the value, right. Of something. And if you have something like, I don't, I can't sell something. I don't, I wouldn't buy. Like, that's the one hack for me. Like if I didn't actually believe in it, it's very difficult. So I learned, I learned that early on. It was like, you know, you're putting lipstick on a pig, it's like, good luck, you know, and, you know, you still might sell it, but there's something inside of it. It's not going to be authentic, right? Um, So if you really believe in it, you can see with your passion, you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're part of something powerful and helpful and that's blessing people's lives. And that makes it very something you can feel really good about being a part of something with a purpose. But yeah, did you kind of always have that ability to communicate value? And, you know, or is it something that's kind of a new, a new part of your career?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and I guess thank you for the kind words. Very kind. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I'm glad that the I'm glad that my passion for Asusu and what we're doing is palpable, and I think that's what brought me here. But that's also what's what's keeping me, you know, energized and, and getting out there yeah. and and being able to you know evangelize the platform, if you will. But um, no, I mean, it, it, had you told me several years ago that I would be in a sales role, I would have I would have left as well. Um, you know, I'm very very risk. <laughs> First, um, you know, I, I think growing up in Wisconsin, I just, you know, have more of a upper Midwest mentality of, you know, work hard. You, you know, um, I don't know, it just I would have never I would have never put myself in this box that I that I am in, if you will. But I love it. And I think part of it is that I am um, I am more extroverted than introverted. And when mm. I was you know, a CPA and an auditor at the time, I, I was so sick of looking at the past. looking at financial statements, I really wanted to to take your words, drive value and and have a much more forward and outward facing role. And so when I came over to Freddie Mac, it was very much that it was on the production Mm -hmm. side. So kind of sales light, if you will. Um, But this is very much this is business development and driving revenue and driving sales, which I personally don't have that technical sales background. But to your point of being authentic about knowing how the industry works and operates, knowing, what, knowing who you're selling to and what their, um, their hot buttons are, what drives and motivates them is something that really translates well, no matter if you're in sales or not in sales. And I'm a big and very strong believer that you should always surround yourself by those who are, are better and smarter than you. And so I am fortunate to have a team of revenue, um, revenue team members who – Come from a variety of different backgrounds, but the common theme is really strong—you know—technical sales and relationship development skill sets. I have two deputies who um, are just so fantastic at what they do that they make me better, and so I think that that's part of it too. That we have a very collaborative sales culture, which is rare, but I think that that is what helps us succeed, um, and and it's very you know, palpable or very obvious from the outside that we have that collaborative um, do-good nature.
0: Yeah, that's so, what a gift it is to be on a team with such great culture. I have that privilege at Capita, like it's the best culture I've ever been a part of. And I've consulted a lot of uh, great organizations and I've never seen such deep kindness. And it's funny because you know um a mentor of mine who's recently been helping me understand the difference between being nice and being kind and they kind of are different right like um i never initially saw that on first first base but like clear is kind and being direct but also like there's such a generosity of spirit at our company at capita and that's and people can feel they can feel when they literally like i think it's metaphysical like they walk into the space and they're like oh my gosh like these people are for me and for each other and it makes you feel safe I think it like calms your parasympathetic nervous system and for everything inside you goes, I'm home. I'm with family. I'm good. You know, I can say, I don't know. I can ask for help. I can admit that I messed up and say, I'm sorry. And nobody's going to be like, you know, chalking one up against me. It's a beautiful culture. And I'm glad you are feeling that with your team. Have you learned along the way? Like you mentioned, you have great mentors, men and women, what are some of the core principles in business and in life that you kind of might want to share? I know that's a really big existential question, but I think like, I love to get, you know, I think I listen to a lot of podcasts and, um, I think, you know, I love that we got technical and I was super interested and I'm sure our listeners will be too, to the unique value offering and and disruption that you guys are offering the market, which is so exciting. Um, because there's a value in that it's like seeing what other people are not seeing right common sense isn't always common practice right and so someone coming in and saying hey this is a pain point i'm going to solve it and do it with such vigor is so exciting but like i do think that there's something about getting past kind of something where it's more universal and and having conversations that's like oh you know these are really truly edifying principles that i live by that have helped me succeed and get where i am I think these are principles in the core cultural paradigm of our company or our founders or you know what I mean, in your family or through these mentors. Is there any stuff you want to share that you feel like are key ingredients to success and happiness and being fulfilled as a human being that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, what is one thing that always um, that always sticks with me that one of my mentors continues to tell to me is stop and smell the roses. You know, whether that's pause or look at how far you've come, you by no means can rest on your laurels. But for us, at least in Asusu, it's such a high, uh, a fast-paced, high-growth environment. Always, and, I, and I think just being in a, in a more sales-driven or a revenue role, it's always what's out there. What didn't close? What are competitors doing? How can we be better? How can we innovate? How can we evolve? That taking that time to not only pause and take a step back, Think about things big picture. Take yourself out of the weeds, but also look how far you've come and look mm. at what look at the great work that you're doing um, has is something that I, I have it on a post-it note on, you know, <laughs> on my monitor yeah. behind the screen, because I do need that reminder because I'm just, you know, I'm I think especially in, in a startup role, it's not just isolated to me that that's that's really important to remind yourself what are you doing? Why are you doing? Don't sweat the small stuff because you know, this organization and what we're trying to accomplish is, is bigger and more important than, than the small stuff, if you will. And so just really grateful that also our, our two co-founders really practice what they preach in, in terms of that same thing. And so we start every single, um, all, all hands team calls with, um, not only grounding with like here's our mission and our vision statement, but more importantly with real resident testimonials. And so, one that sticks with me was from a few months ago, um, a single mom of three who lost her job. An hour rent relief helped her, she and her family stay in their home, helped her get back on her feet, and and find that next job. And so. It, it's moments like that where yes, we need to stop and pause and take a look at the bigger picture yes. ourselves of um, that that great impact that we're making, and it's something that I need to practice more of. And so that's that's just a nugget of wisdom that I've received from mentors in the past that I think directly apply to to what we're doing.
0: I love that Alexis. You actually have very calm and present energy, which is actually fairly rare for a sales position. So those were some cues I thought. You come from finance, they usually, you know, especially accountants, they usually do not have this kind of like fast paced, you know, like mover and shaker energy, generally speaking. those are people that can get really granular and like you said, really avoid risk, risk averse. And then um, recognizing that, yeah, your just energy is so incredibly um, calm and present and grounded. I think those are amazing qualities of leadership. So, but yeah, sometimes you get caught up just kind of in the pull of what's next, especially a company growing this fast. That's like neck breaking speed that you guys are growing. Um, and, and that's really exciting. What are some of the things that you guys are looking to protect against coming up? Like, I mean, there's a lot of our listeners that are investors and high net worth people that Real estate has been a really safe place, but right now there's it's a scary time. I know a lot of people are holding back and going, "I'm going to wait." This market's cooling. I don't know, right? And and as you said, there's a lot of macroeconomics at play and macro factors going in, and it's kind of interesting because really at the end of the day, it's all confidence games in business, right? It's all just like a matter of paradigm and do we believe something, and then we it, it shapes the market, right? Um, so if we collectively have confidence in something and we all can see the potential, then it, Totally moves the needle instantly and makes more abundance. It's fascinating how powerful our collective mindshare is and thinking and paradigms are. But what are you guys seeing right now? And and are you feeling optimistic? Or are you feeling a little bit like okay, we need to prepare ourselves? Is there any strategies you can share with our listeners about you know this market particularly and real estate and and the economy at large? That like, can you be <laughs> give us any great insights? <laughs>
1: Yes, absolutely. I had someone yesterday say, oh, this, if we're going into a recession, it's going to be, you know, short and shallow. And I love, I love, um, I love eternal optimists like that. You know, I think it's, um, you know, we are definitely, whether you want to use the the R word, the recession word or whatnot, we are not just entering, we're in uncertain waters, right? Just given everything in in the market. And that impacts not just investors, multifamily owner operators, Venture capital investors in Asusu are renters. Like everybody in the ecosystem is feeling that uncertainty. How can Asusu be continue to be that steady force that is supporting renters, supporting our housing providers that we partner with, and continuing to evolve with them? So not just demonstrating that med- those measurable outcomes for their renters and their property performance. How can we continue to evolve and grow and scale so that we continue to be that one stop shop? that folks keep coming back to on all things, renter advancement um, and whatnot. And so not just looking inward at our product and our delivery and making sure that we, um, that we keep up with our pace of growth, but also always thinking about what's next and how it can, we can continue to innovate. Um, you know, right now during these uncertain times, this is when you really, you really double down and you really build those strong relationships with your right. existing customer base. And right, so, right. Um, you know, our, our our great teams are, who, who are, you know, on the, the customer um, and account management side of things are doing just that and are saying, here's how we're help supporting your renters and supporting you. What else can we be doing? And things like that. It's never always that that sales call. It's always, how can we be a trusted business partner of yours? And that's something that we're definitely double clicking on during these more uncertain times, knowing that, they're feeling they're feeling the stressors as, uh, as well as anybody else's in this current market.
0: That's really cool. Is Asusu's ambition to ultimately become like a public offering? Do they? Do you think that's something that they're hopeful
1: for? Definitely, I think that that's yeah. always everyone in the space's goal. Um, and you know, more importantly, outside of just you know Asusu and, and how and where we we continue to grow and capitalize, our our biggest goal is that one day rent reporting is is the industry standard, the norm. It's expected mm. and required. It's not just the cherry on top that Asusu provides. Um, how can we get it to be, you know, not 10% of American renters, but all American renters who are receiving credit from their um, on-time housing payments? Um, going back to our founder's um, beloved term of justice capitalism, we really do hope that what Asusu is doing in order to prove out that win-win and that you can do well and do good at the same time. We really hope others in the fintech fintech, the multifamily space, the prop tech space, we really hope others, others catch on to that because that is really what's going to um, you know, elevate us all and be better for, you know, society and all of our outcomes.
0: That's really wonderful. And I thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing so much. Kind of as one last question. Um, what is one of your favorite books you've ever read that you would recommend? Just like on a you know a personal level, it could be fiction, it could be self-development, it could be faith-oriented, whatever. But do you have a favorite book that kind of has helped shape you or stayed with you in a major way?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, or one of
0: your favorites. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to pick a favorite.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, it's hard to pick a favorite. And I think back to you know my my fast-paced energy, my books that I read are kind of like the embarrassing like easy beach reads nice um, I'm I'm trying to read more you know professional development books and whatnot and one of those that really stuck with me um, was this book where when I was at Freddie, this the author came and spoke to us and oh cool now i did I love her writing style it was Reagan Walsh heart boss and it talks about how you don't and you can't and you shouldn't do it all. And coming from someone like myself, you know, I'm a working parent, I'm a spouse, I'm a sibling, I, you know, being a mom and a and a you know a leader in an organization, like there's just so much on my plate that I needed that book and, and having her writing be in, in almost like a comical way as opposed to like, you know, a very much a self-help book. It's one of my favorites. So and it's also a short wow. and easy read. So I highly recommend that. It's Reagan so it's called- Walsh's Heart Boss. Heart boss like heart,
0: yes, okay, yes. cool. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna check it out. I'd love that. I love that you got to meet the author. um yes. really cool. And how many kids do you have,
1: Alexis? I have two girls and a third on the way.
0: Oh, congratulations. Way. Oh my oh, gosh, thanks. how exciting. Do you know the gender of your third yet? Another girl? Yay, so oh, I have three boys. So I have, I have girl them. envy a little bit. That's so fun. But but the boys are the best too. But I love that. I love that. It's So exciting. Alexis, well, thank you for coming on the show and for your grace and setting up some technical difficulties in the beginning. And um, really, you've done a great job and congratulations on the success. And we're wishing you all the best as you continue to grow professionally, individually, and as a company. So thanks again. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Do you need help with the next steps for your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, estate attorneys, Medicare providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call to schedule a complimentary consultation at 801-566-5058, or visit their website at www.capitafinancialnetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube.